if I told you what that what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it. Hurling has to be the most difficult, eye-hurting sport I've ever witnessed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been described as the bridesmaids of Hurling. Well, today we got married. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air, and then hit it. Both, both of hard play. I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through take and take. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Hurling Podcast. In this episode, we chat with former Wexford hurler Darren Stamp. Darren soldiered with Wexford through some of the darker years for 11 years, but also enjoyed great success with his club out at the Ballock. Ben starts by asking him how he felt about being the toughest player that Dermot Ling has marked. How does it feel that Gizzy Ling says you are his toughest opponent? Gizzy? I wouldn't believe him for a second. <laughs> I wouldn't blame him. It's probably because I hit him in Wexford Park one day, real dirty. They were beating the shit out of the county final in, nine, in 2008, I think, or 2009. And they were really giving us an absolute lesson that day. I think they were 10 or 11 points up at half time. I got narky. I hit him a, a good rap for himself now. Oh, yeah. But I wouldn't believe that for a second. The evidence is there. He said it. Whether he meant it or not is a different story. He probably has the mark, maybe, yeah. You played a lot of soccer when you were younger, did you? Played for Ireland. Kind of a funny one. I was up training with the Irish under 16s. Kind of against my will. I was playing at St. Joseph's down in Kimbrookridge. And um fairly handy enough out of like and I was asked up to play or go up to train with the Irish under 16s and I wouldn't have known any of them like you know, it's only culture up there training up in the AUL. And uh, Remember, there's one guy from Wexford, Gary Dempsey, was up there. He was actually captain of the team. The boys introduced me. Um, I think John O'Shea was on that team and a couple of other young fellas. And they're all playing with Man United and Everton. Now. Like, he's playing with the fucking team down in St. Joseph's. Like. And I just didn't want to, didn't like it. Like, I'd rather be hurling. But um, I went up for a while there. And I remember going up. It was before a European Championship or something. And uh, at the end of the night before with a guy up in Sandyford and I was supposed to go out and get a taxi the next morning to the AUL uh, to train. <laughs> sat there for about two hours on this little small fucking wall and I said, will I on one day? So I went to a taxi and said, bring me to Connolly Station. So I got a fucking train home. I got a phone call on the train from the manager of St. Joseph's saying, uh, so where are you? I said, Brian Kerr was training the team at the time. And he said, where are you? Brian Kerr's looking for you there. You wonder why you're not training. So I don't want to do it anymore. So I went home with a hurl. You're fucking easy to like. I went to England as well once, but I didn't really. I didn't. I could have tried a lot harder. I didn't really try, to be honest. Kind of just did it for other people. Just go and do it and come back and went back hurling. So. Did you start playing know. very young? Yeah, we played. The Ballock had an under 10 team, an under 12 team for a couple of years. And then it kind of broke away. And I was going to school in Kilbrookridge and it's kind of um, Buffers Alley Owlers. We all mixed down there, like, you know, they were all great rivals, but we all ended up playing soccer together in school. And they had a real good underage club. So I went down and I started playing with them. And we were fairly successful now, like, you know, we weren't, um, we would have been one of the top four or five youth teams under 16 and under 14s all the way up along, like, a really good set up down there at that time, like, it was. 
And who did you go to over in England? Um, went to Swindon Town under in Division 1. And there's a guy who picked us up in the airport, right? And who he was like, but I ended up, he was the manager of Swindon Town. He used to play for Liverpool. <laughs> Steve McMahon or something was his name. And he brought us on a tour himself and this this Welsh fella who stayed in the, the hotel, a really nice hotel now, like for the weekend and played a few games and didn't really bother missing home, wanted to come home. And so I didn't really look keep at it, like, you know. I didn't really push for going anywhere else or yeah. wanting to be successful. But Kevin Doyle was on the youth team, like when we played youths. We won the youths in 2000, I think, or 2001 with Mick Wallace. And Kevin was, I think Kevin might have been playing on that. He was a sober who was playing as a striker. No, no, the Graves always for the hurl. You were on a um, minor team two years in a row, was it? And you drew with Kilkenny twice? Twice, yeah. And were you. That minor team in '99, where after the draw, where the lads are, were you out with the boys? No, I was home. You were home. <laughs> <laughs> was that by choice? It was. I was fucking out. I was, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, I, I remember that well. Um, we had drawn. I actually gave away. I was injured and I came on about 15 minutes into the first half. I had, I told me, or done league with some ankle really bad in Patrick's Park a week or a week and a half before it. I shouldn't have been playing, but uh, for two weeks. I got, a, I got really good physio on it there for two weeks, and Griffin was kind of a, a mentor to, to that team. Gizzy was on it, and Leon O'Connell, and I think Owen Quigley, my doc now was on it as well. Like, you came on for Gizzy, did you? I, I could have came on for Gizzy, yeah. <laughs> he was having a fucking nightmare. <laughs> um, but I remember I gave away, the last ball came down, there was a big huddle, and I seen a slitter coming out about a couple of foot, and I let fly, and the referee gave a free, and it was the last stroke of the game, we were winning by a point, on the bus on the way home. Like, you know, we, we, we were told, look, lads, replays in a week, or a week and a half, or however it was, and uh, so look, we ended up in Wexford Town, absolutely. It wasn't scuttered, like, three or four points, and they got us all drunk, like, so. But I remember going to Timon, <laughs> We trained on a Wednesday night in We went out to the warm-up. We were out and all the managers were inside. Griffin and Larry Doyle and Arthur O'Connor and Tom Culton and John Yoke were inside. So someone came out with the lads inside upstairs. And we all kind of walked in and said, it's not going to be good now. So it lined us up again a wall. And Larry started on us anyway. And he said, look, lads, we heard some of you were out for the weekend. So we told you not to go out. So I'm going to ask you. And he started with, I think it was Matty Hoyt was playing in goal. So yeah, I was out. Point, two points and a half on and they came down all along the line about three guys before me it was a guy called Peter Cavanagh from Kyle and Aaron. Peter was a big footballer lovely fella but um, Peter was a little, looked a little bit anxious when he got the hint <laughs> I think Larry asked him and he said Peter um, was Larry would have taught Peter and Gory in the school as Peter said he was and said look as I used to I had about 10 points and about 10 half ones and fucking Larry just went apeshit, absolutely apeshit. And I remember Gizzy and Griffin getting on to Gizzy, calling him a gobshite or something like that. And he fucking he ate me as well, like, because I was getting the physio free of charge down the ferry carry. And he said, You're no fucking good either, Snap. You've been down in my place and we've been looking after you and all, and you're the ca- I was captain. And um, you should be showing example and all this, like, you know, so that was grand, fair enough. But uh, the replay then was the following week, and Gizzy was dropped for it. 
uh, took the captaincy off me like wasn't wasn't a big thing like but, and I think Peter was dropped as well. There was two or three of the boys weren't allowed to even tug out for the replay and we got fucking hammered by the Kenny and Carlo. Why did they single out those two fellas when there was a whole yeah, probably Kevin said he had ten points and ten half ones maybe. I don't really know now, but uh, Gizzy don't know. I think Griffin maybe had a thing in for Gizzy. I don't know. It's unfortunate, like it shouldn't have been like, like we were all in it together, like and it was it was probably the wrong thing to do, I think. You know, just single out three lads there and make them feel really guilty and everyone's probably talking about them as well, like it was wasn't wasn't nice on them now. No, I was thinking about that during the week, thinking about asking about, but then I was thinking maybe with chaps like eighteen, it was just too much of a big deal made of it and haven't got a hope in the replay really. We're dropping them lads and having such a big deal made out of I, I know we, we could have handled it better, but like you be like we were training a good bit and I suppose it was it was the Leinster final playing in Crow Park and a lot of these lads wouldn't have played in Crow Park. I played in Crow Park the year before because on the on the previous team. And we got beaten in an Ireland semi final. We actually drew the Leinster final that year as well. With Kilkenny and got beaten in Carlo. Got hammered in Carlo in the replay. And I suppose you'd be looking forward to coming out with the lads after the game, like just we all got off from Extra Town without like it wasn't crazy or anything, you know, but looking back I still don't I don't think we would have beaten Kilkenny anyway, if I'm being honest. Like they were just they were far, far, far superior. Completely different minor team that we played. They came out like I think maybe they took us for granted because we're after winning so many Leinster titles in a row at minor, they probably took us for granted. Got a surprise, got a wake up call and you know, they don't I think they won dollar in that year. I think the two teams best, I think uh Cork beat us in the year before and then when they Ireland as well, I think. She did then a couple of years there, that same the same minor team or one of the same minor teams anyway, one one or twenty one. Yeah, it was the minor team before. It was a mixture of both of them, like, you know, Nicky Lambert yeah. Nicky was on the team, the minor team the, the first year. I was minor. And um you know, Rory Mallon and Trevor Kelly and them other grey holders. That's that was a really, really, really good under twenty one team, like a lot, of, a lot of those guys played for for um, for Wexford. Was it kind of um, like that that team that had done so well against Kilkenny, and then like Trevor Kelly, he went he went abroad, didn't he? And Rory Mallon only played one year with the seniors. Rory, like th- those two guys, that was in two thousand and one that we won that, and I was the only one at the start of the year playing senior with Wexford. It would have been my first year playing senior championship. And by the after the Leinster senior final, I think we played the that was on a Sunday. And we won't play the under 21 final on the Wednesday night in Wexford Park. And we won. We played Limerick then in Ireland quarter final a week or two after that. You had Trevor, Doc, um, Rory, and Nicky were all playing, you know. And of it's a pity that Nicky didn't Lambert didn't say injury prone. He was he was a fantastic hurler, a great, great midfielder. Trevor was had a fantastic year, and Rory Mallon was going to be a great hurler as well. Like they were three massive losses to the senior team over the next ten year period. Like, like if those guys had been still playing, we would have had a a lot better chance of, of winning silverware for the for the other years. Like you know, that was something I was going to ask was when you're able to compete with Kilkenny in minor and under twenty one, and then for. For many years after, not really able to compete with them. So those three fellas, you reckon, is were a huge 
Well, the, the, the ones like, it was, it was massive, the three boys going, yeah, because they were there, like, they were, like, we, that was 2001, and we drew with Tipperary in 2001, the beast in a replay. It was the year Liam got sent off and Brian O'Mara in the first half for nothing in the replay, like, and it completely ruined it. Uh, Mitch Jordan was sent off then just before half time. So we were down to 13 and tip one. Anyway, but in 2003, then we lost to Cork in the semi final. We were winning, like, it was a great game up in, in, in Crow Park. Wexford played well. I think Doc was on. Mick Jake and Rory Jake was playing. Um, I think Massey Mann might have been playing or he came on that day. Rory McInfano started midfield, I think, in that game. And you were playing the forwards at this stage? And no, I was playing the forward in 2001. Um, I don't know, for some reason, I, I my first game at Wexford was in 2001. It was the year the foot and mouth. And I started training at Wexford. I got an invite. Um, they used to send out a letter out to your house and invite you in. Like, you know, I was 19. I was asked to win in, uh, I think it was November. Like, senior teams were back training in October, November, December at that time. And I went, I went in and the foot and mouth came. And there was no games played for a month or a month and a half or two months or something. But the training we'd done in that period of time in Belfield was absolutely horrendous. First came back to Skin Cork. And the game was supposed to be played in Gorey. They were going to County Bournemouth to bring it to Gorey because we played, they played Cork the previous year in the bottom way down the far side of Cork to play. But it was lashing rain and Gorey was unplayable, so we played them in Belfield. We won. But I was playing wing forward. They started to be wing forward like. I never played in the forwards in my life. And I, was, was, I can't remember. I was, I was talking on Sean O'Halbean. And I remember that day because there was a guy playing to play with Eldert uh, a few years later. I can't think of his name, but he's playing centre forward from Newtown Chandler. And he, he, he went in a challenge with Paul Cotton in the first half and he broke his leg. And we bet Cork fairly convincing that time. Like, and they would have been all Ireland champions, kind of, I think, two years previous, 99. That was my first in playing senior at in, in the forwards. And I played in the forwards for a few games. I wasn't getting on very well. And I played in the forwards again, Leash in the quarter final. Played wing forward again, Kilkenny then in the Leinster final. And then we played a few challenge games and I wasn't getting on very well. I was, never, I was, I was a natural back. I was always played centre back or wing back. I was always played centre back to club my whole life. I was extra underage. And I think um, we played Cork in a challenge game and I was taken off after half an hour or something, playing on um, Wayne Sherlock and he f- absolutely fucking roasted me. And I was just, I came off that day and I used to travel to the games with Liam Dunn. I, I just said, uh, just, just, I'm not a forward Liam, like, I don't know. Like, I'm dis- disillusioned with this. I think Liam, I had a word with the management then. And played me a couple of challenge games in the backs. But I ended up playing again, um, Tipperary, wing forward um, in, the sem- in the semi-final. And wing back, in the replay after that and I kind of moved back to the back then for a few years and John Myler came then they shafted me into the forwards again and kind of going from one to the other So that 2001 that was all under Tony Dempsey Under Tony yeah After playing as a back all up along was there the, the logic was kind of a defensive wing forward or No there was nothing like that that time like it just um, I could play in the forwards I was I was fast and I could um I was fairly accurate, like, you know, I, I didn't mind playing there. I would have been handy enough playing there, I suppose. But um, they probably thought, like, they had enough backs at that time, like, 
Like you're talking, they had the like they Sean Don or Sean Flood was still playing, Liam Don, Larry O. You had Doc, you had Dara, Dara Ryan, you had, um so you would skip your route, there's six backs, good enough backs for any team, like you know, so we're maybe a little bit light on the other end of the field. And thought maybe we could use a fresh pair of legs there with the likes of Larry Murphy and um, I think Gary Laffin could have been playing his last year at that time. I remember Martin Story was actually playing in 2001. He came back for one game. Yeah, I remember. You know, so we tried it. And I played there in, under John Myler as well there for a few games. And it was okay. I didn't mind it. Like, it was a change to the backs. A bit more, bit more freedom. I could have sworn you were playing in the forwards in 03. Sure. In 03. No, he's playing me back on <coughs> uh, Timmy McCarthy. Timmy McCarthy, yeah. the voice, fucking big micro helmet on him. Oh, I remember him, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was playing on him for the first playing me back, and I think Jerry O'Connor in the second game as well. And that was kind of from chalk to cheese to them. Yeah. Timmy was a big, big mulliker, like you know, kind of suit. My granddaughter like him on, and he just fucking like a supercharged bunny going around trying to keep him. like. And go, going back to the, the two minors where you drew but got beaten the next day and then that court game in 2003 and then beaten in the replay, was there something about, you know, if you didn't do it the first day, that was kind of your chance? Was there... Well, there was something about Wexford seemingly coming up along uh, for years that they couldn't win replays. You remember in uh, 93, couldn't beat Cork in three games. They drew a couple of Leinster finals after that senior in maybe 94 and, and something else and they always keep getting better replays and that kind of just stuck I think you touched on four already from you from 98, 99, 03 and yeah, you know, it was kind of, kind of something that stuck like Wexler and never good in replays do you think it's because they possibly overachieve to get the draw the first day and then the kind of the belief is kind of gone thinking that was our chance and we didn't do it Maybe I think I think in 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 maybe in O one and oh not so O one there was a fairly good team in O one like you know they, like these lads were after winning all Ireland five years previous you know and there's a few younger lads that have coming along there but O three maybe and um, we did a little bit overachieve like everything we done that day at the start was everything went over everything went over everything yeah went over. It was on recently had, I think, eight or nine chances that to put over the second day they could have been. Six or seven points up at half time in the first game, like in the warrant, which John Gardner was missing freeze and 65s. And yeah, and handy scores, like in Austin, had to miss a few, a few sitters at the start there as well. Like, so um, 2003 was John Conran, and then 2004, did you leave the panel? Yeah, uh, what was the reason behind that? The reason I went to, I was working for a, a concrete crowd down in Wexford here, and we we're just. It was, I just I couldn't give the time to go train and all. I remember going to a meeting. For, I was there for the first couple of months. And I went to a meeting in uh, in Patrick's Park after training. It was kind of a players' meeting, a management meeting to see like like some lads. I was I was going to train. I was leaving work. I could be on a site power float in concrete. And I had to leave it and go to train and do all the physical stuff after pouring concrete all day, like, and then I'd have to go back after training and maybe work at four or five o'clock in the morning and go home and get up the next day and go again. And I was just completely drained. And I used to, sometimes I'd have to leave training early to go back to work. And I could see, like, I, like the older fellas kind of, hey, and I said, some lads are not pulling their weight and they're, they're 
it wasn't only me, it was the other lads there and they were missing training and stuff, but I was genuinely trying to get to train, try and juggle everything around. Like, the job I was doing, I liked doing it. Like, a few people said, I could just get a different job. It was easy enough to get a job that time, but I was doing something I loved doing. And I remember after that meeting, I rang John Conran um, probably a week later. I think we had a week after that. I rang him a week later and I said, look, John, I know the boys are happening on about me at the meeting and they're right. And look, I can't give the time. I just, I'm back with, a, with, a, with my old boss and we're flat out busy. We're all kind of over Leinster and stuff. And I, I'm just going to concentrate on work for the year. And in fairness to him, he rang me a few times during the year now and asked me would I come back in do the thing about coming in. I said, no, John, no. Um, thanks, but I'm, I'm just going to take the year out and, and chill out. And, like, I went to all the matches that year. And I, I love going to the matches. It was great here, like... You know, a great crack with all the lads going to the matches and the night before and the day of the match and it was a great crack. Yeah, there was an article in the Examiner that year it was talking about yourself and Liam Dunn. Liam Dunn had retired that year as well, I think. But it said that you had left the panel because you were overlooked by John Conran in the year. That wasn't the case or anything, was it? Overlooked? Yeah. No, I would have been a regular on the team at that stage. I wouldn't, wouldn't overlook no for any game. Wing back in 2003 and then after losing Liam Dunn, I couldn't imagine that you were overlooked the 2004. No, I wasn't overlooked. No, that wasn't. Um, that's the first time I heard of that now. You came back in all five then? Uh, came back in all five there, yeah. You know, I was busy in work or? Uh, we were busy there, yeah. We were busy in work. We kind of just, I was able to balance, I was able to manage to balance everything out a bit more. I had guys working with me that I could trust leaving on the site. To continue doing the work, that I, if I wasn't there, that was done right. If you know what I mean. The previous year, I maybe hadn't got the same right back up in work, say to to be able to give a hundred percent of the hurling. Like, but the following year, I went back in there. Were you happy to see that Seamus was over the team as soon as you won under twenty ones? Wexford were struggling to look for a manager at that time. Everyone saying Seamus is after winning with Rat, you know, one with the twenty ones and. Um, to kind of owe them the opportunity maybe to give them a, a chance with the senior team so I kind of looked at it now Yeah there was something about arguments for him before Conran took over as well The would have been Seamus as a, he's a savvy record if you ever look up what he's after winning with club teams it's 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 it's, it's, it's unreal like a lovely fella a lovely man like but he just like, um, John Conran would have been Meticulous to the down to the little little the little stuff, finer details where Seamus mightn't have been. You know, I don't think Seamus would have got um, a Leicester final of the two thousand and fourteen. You know, where John was able to do that, like you know, it was a known fact at the time. Like the were struggling to get a manager, and Seamus was there after winning so much. So maybe the thought we may give this guy a chance. But I was in the dressing room with Seamus for one of the years with the Wexford Intermediates. And he was able to give a fine speech before the match. Yeah. He was good at the yeah. talk. He nearly came out with a rendition of a bull of August or something before again. He was <laughs> anything, you know. We waited for it nearly. It did kind of drop from from 05 yeah. on, we'd say, till... Till John Myler came. And John started in 07. Seven. Do you think standards maybe dropped in that period or anything? Oh, it did, yeah. Massive. Yeah? Yeah. Not from you though. I don't know. I probably dragged down a bit as well. Like, like the older guys were after retiring at that stage. Liam and all lads who were setting standards were 
and really looked up to were kind of gone. And I think that team, that Wexford, I think the, I think the whole thing in a, in a kind of from county chairman down, like county board down, kind of lost their way a little bit until John Myler came on board and he kind of stayed the ship there for his first year. And like, you think about that time, like you think Kenny came at that time with a team that everyone says was one of the best or probably the best team ever. And they just steamroll everyone like. John Myler's first year, we lost to Kenny in the Leinster final. We lost to him in the league semi-final. And we lost to him in the Northern Ireland semi-final. They won them all. But we were a little bit competitive with him. Like they weren't blown us completely away, like, you know. But the next year then, little things happened. That we had a great, we had a fantastic trainer in that year, physical trainer, Parig Murphy. You know, one of the top men in the country. And he was doing training that we hadn't done in a long time. You know, we were probably physically a couple of years behind the likes of Cork, Kilkenny, Galway, Tipperary, um, strength and condition-wise. It wasn't a big thing that time, but it came around that time, it really kicked off strength and conditioning. And he had a lot of work to do. And he was there the first year with John, and we were making massive strides. And he wasn't there the next year, and it kind of fell apart a little bit. Do you think that was the biggest change that... John brought the it was the whole setup. It was the whole setup there, yeah. It was a more it was it was a good setup, like the right um, guys training, his lads were eating right, training right, doing all the weights and stuff, and it was a kind of an eye opener to a lot of us the way we should be looking after our bodies and all. That wasn't a big thing before, but it was a massive thing starting now, like and was that all missing then the previous years, like the diets? I mean, we hear lots about Liam Griffin in ninety six and how we had changed the diets of the players for the first time and the training was at a new level. Did, did that go away or was it just not brought forward as quick as the other counties were doing? I don't think. I think maybe we, we fell behind other counties. You know, up until 2004, we were fairly, like, on our day, we were competitive with most teams. But from that 2005 on, maybe um, John's first year, and then things really started to struggle, like, and the players, I don't think the players were there. Either. Like there weren't a conveyor belt of talent coming along. Like in two thousand one, we had two. We had a, a, a an under twenty one winning team, and there were five or six lads plucked from that team straight on to the senior team. If we could have done that for the next three or four years, maybe get a couple from the under twenty one teams or minor teams, and we didn't. Unlike now, like you look now and you have minor teams from. A few years ago, like Rory O'Connors and, and Conor Mike, all these chaps under 21s, they're all on the senior team. Where we were away, we had um, like the 96 team, a lot of them were still there, a few lads still there, like in 01, 2, 3, and 4. Most of them were gone in 2005, 6, 7, 8, then. And then from 8, really kind of went a bit downhill with, with, with kind of everything, like setups and, and, and stuff. Were you upset when John left? Did you think he should have been kept? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know he was gone like so. How how was he gotten rid of him or what? Um I don't know to this day, I don't know. Um but uh, Damien Fitzhenry would have been on the team at that time he didn't know either like you he didn't know. He didn't know that uh, players had I think the players had met um their asked their opinion or something about about John and I don't think the players got rid of him 
I think the county board wanted to get rid of him. That's my opinion. Now, maybe they could come on and say that that's not the case, but I think getting rid of John was a massive mistake. They should have backed him more. They didn't back him enough to do the things he wanted to do, especially keeping on Parry Murphy and doing the strength and conditioning. Like, after he gone, we really, really fell behind. Like, it, was, it, was, it was a disaster. It wasn't necessarily John's decision not to bring back Parry Murphy. Um, I, I'm, I don't know. I think that time the county teams weren't supposed to be back training until January. There was supposed to be no winter training. That was the first year of it, I think. But I think Parry had done so much with us in 07 that year that he wanted to continue that. He was no break because we, we were behind like, and we needed to do this. And he was told by the county board, no. This is not going to happen. So Parry seemed to be... I'm like, good friends with Parry. Like, I still go and train with Parry. And then um, he, he said, look, I, I'll take him into a field, anywhere, a field, anywhere. I don't need to train. I just, I just need to continue what I'm doing with these guys. These guys need to keep doing what they've been doing for the last year or they'll go backwards. And whatever happened, happened. He left and things just went backwards after that. Saving a few pounds as well, I'd say maybe. Oh, I probably look, look, GA is money orientated, so oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like that was kind of the situation where John Myler was looking to bring more professionalism about the setup, and he had Podrick Murphy and Podrick wanted to do the training in November, and John probably might have wanted other things too. And the county board were like, This lad's going to cost us too much money. Maybe, like, but maybe like they were just trying to keep people in Leinster counts or Leinster. Up there, happy like that. Makes her on trend. They were abiding by the rules, like which is every other team's trend. We were just so far behind. We need to um, do more than everyone else. We we should have been doing more, way more than everyone else to, to try and catch up. It was always a ridiculous rule, I think. That that's just crazy rule. Like, you see it now, lads are training, or to never stop training. Like, well, the thing is, to stop burnout, you need a a proper strength and conditioning coach to be monitoring them all yeah. year round. You know what I mean? Just Leave him alone for two months. God knows what to do. You need to get to a stage as well, though, where like, we, 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 were, we, were, we were a couple of years behind everyone. Like, some lads on the team, like Gizzy and Owen Quigley and all, and, and Doc would have been, and the Jacobs and, and Key Roster, like lads from the bigger clubs in Wexford would have been doing probably the right things and getting trained the right way because they would have had better setups in their club if you know what I mean. Whereas we went back to Outers, we were training continuous and training the right way and doing the right things for most of the year, as well as the Martins and, and, and the Alley lads and all, like, you know, where other lads were going back to probably smaller clubs and they were letting themselves go and not weren't maintaining what they had to be doing. And they probably didn't know what they should have been doing as well. Like, that's where Parry Murphy and guys like that should have came in and said, look, lads, this, this gave them, this is what you need to be doing. We'll test you every week or every couple of weeks, see how you're going and just continue to train into the following year. Yeah, and when you're behind like that, like being reactive, you're going to stay behind. Whereas you needed to be more proactive to try to catch up and get ahead. Yeah. I don't know if I'll put this in now, but uh, <laughs> county board just trying to save money and stuff. I remember it was that <coughs> same intermediate. It was an intermediate Leinster final against Galway and Seamus Murphy was over us. And... It was in Port Leash and at half time I, I was a sub and at half time we weren't allowed to go onto the pitch to poke around at half time because we'd be fined. 
So instead, we sat in the dugout watching every chap in the that went to the match out in the field at halftime and the Galway subs out on the field at halftime poking around while we were like bowel children being told that we had to stay sitting down. Well, like even Seamus, like in 2005, we, we were, I remember, I remember 2005, 2006, we were, it could be the day of training, you'd be waiting for a text message to tell you where to go to train, like, you know, it was just... Just that he hadn't organised it or he hadn't bothered to tell you on time? Well, the county board hadn't organised it, like, they, they were, like, just no fields available and this, that, and the other, like, trying to get fields to train in and... I can only imagine that now for like I've come I've, I've travelled down from Dublin for training and you need to organise your whole day like yeah. you need to organise your week probably in advance not alone the day you're going down training not knowing where you're going would be fair hardship on that yeah that's, that's the way that's, that's how that's how bad I got there at one point like what game did you travel all the way to Turles with your foot in an ice bucket play Waterford quarter final was it or what was yeah, it yeah how bad was the fall? Oh, it was, it was bad. Um, I had done it in training. I got into a tangle with Willie Dorn and I went all around my ankle and I fell on and he fell on top of me and all the ligaments just swelled up in a balloon. Um, this is two days before the game or three days before the game. I think Fitzy was practicing puckouts or something and we're just going through different scenarios and it was a thing in autumn and just ankle exploded I remember I was sitting in a river for two days underneath the house trying to keep the swelling down and I was getting injections and stuff and John Wilder was getting this lad and that lad but I remember I think I got four or five injections into it till I couldn't feel anything and I got down there before I iced it all the way down and I used to think I was supposed to play centre back that day and I think Doc ended up playing there at the start and I remember I came on in the second half and I was hurling on Kelly or someone. I remember near the end of it there, I think fucking Big Dan got a goal. And wherever I got caught, I got I, I should have hooked him like oh, my arms got won by a couple of points. We should have bet him that day, we were way the better team. So um, yeah, that was that was John Wilder's could have been a second year. A mistake to to play in that game then. I was, yeah, my ankle was never right after it, sure. I always had problems with it. Yeah, well, I wanted to play. Look, I, I want, if I couldn't play at all, I took 10 injections. You just want to play, like you do anything you can. Is that the same the same leg that like you have the, the calf problem? Yeah, same leg with the calf problem, yeah, and the knee, yeah. All kinds of stems from, well, it might not, but it's all, it's all, it's all, all the one leg, yeah. Ever think about amputation? All about a few times, yeah. Yeah. But sure, look, you keep going, you keep hoping you get right. Don't do it. No, I was asking uh, I was asking Morris the other day about uh, saying did he ever score off you in the county final and he was saying that you were you were afraid to stay on. Yeah, I was, yeah, uh, failing my life, I'm sure. You see the size of him, you ever see the size of him? He's huge. He's huge. Uh, no, he only scored when I went off, sir. Uh, I remember I told yeah, I told me calf muscle in the second half, good fifteen minutes into it. And um I think I said to him going off, you probably score now. <laughs> yeah, that Ferns were a good team. They had a great team that time. That was a great county final. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. You know, it was county finals where we, I played a lot of county finals and brutal games. Brutal games. You wonder why people are paying money to go see games. 
Another article, 2011, where you labelled the Crow Park decision makers a crowd of Egypts for taking the manliness out of Harlan. Well, was um, that in relation to something in particular? Um, I can't remember. I think that was taken out of complete context or something. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Who was the journalist? Oh, he's in Tipperary. <laughs> he's in Tipperary. Shaggy Cahill, I think. Um, I remember. I remember a couple of tip lads were saying about they were they were getting on saying it was wrong, saying it was it was different and all that. I can't think, I can't remember what it was about even. The the direct quote that you were given here was: "These men in Crow Park are a crowd of idiots. They haven't a clue. They're sitting down every couple of years and making up stupid rules that are killing hurling. A lad might be trying to take a ball off a fella by flicking the ball away, but a tip on the hand or hurl is a yellow card." You don't see big tackles or shoulders anymore. You're afraid of your life going into a tackle for fear of getting a yellow card. But there are lads yeah. in Crow Park with nothing to do coming up with bullshit rules. Yeah, we should look. They're still at it, ain't they? <laughs> Wasn't I right? They're still at it up there. Crowd of fucking ages. I, I always find it strange that the lads making the rules are the lads aren't playing. <laughs> and yeah, the lads sure. are getting what, what paid. Like, we had a greatest year of Hurling last year, the year before. We had the greatest year ever of Hurling. And they come along and they're wanting to try and change rules and I'll change the colour of a hurling ball. For what? Why hurling ball for the last hundred years? I'll change the fucking yellow like what? For what? <laughs> I do think we should be always looking to improve the game in whatever way. Yellow hurling ball won't improve it. How, how did you improve from two years ago? Like, how do you improve it? It's hard to improve it, but if you improve everything, like, but I don't think there's anything they can do to improve it. No, you just have to look at things. It just there's no harm putting someone a suggestion. Now I don't think they put oh, yeah, forward any good suggestions. These boys are getting well paid to go to Dublin there to see in a meeting there. To come up with these suggestions. Yeah, they have to look to be doing something or else there's no sure, need for them. Like. You know, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That, that black card motion that that got someone a good few pound. What did you? <laughs> yeah. The biggest problem with that we was they wanted, they wanted to bring it straight into the into the championship without even trialing it, even though they had trialed it and it failed. Yeah. I just baffle me sometimes some of the roads that try to bring in. It's just just crazy. Like, I do think there is a problem. There is a cynicism issue, but the black card is just not the answer. Oh, it doesn't solve it at all. No. Yeah, how do you like that? That's yeah. You know, like it's, it's that's going to happen. Like, it, it, how do you get over? Like, is the lads going through on goal there, twenty yards out, and you are two points up, and this one going through on goal? Like, you're going to do whatever. You're going to take him over. You're Best idea I heard was if that happens, just give a penalty. Maybe so. Yeah, I'm sure you're fifty-fifty. Yeah. The problem with that is that it's more pressure on the referee. Things way more of a football issue. Well, yeah. And stuff. You don't see much of that in Ireland. Like. I couldn't care less about football though. So yeah, same as that. They can do what they want. There is one rule change when we speak of it. The penalty the penalty rule change a couple of years ago. From the strike? Yeah, where there's only what only one man in the goal. Yeah. Can't strike past twenty one. Do you think that's a good rule? I don't know. I don't see many keepers saving them. Like I don't I've never been in goal with one. Um you have a guy like Pat Hargan or someone who can strike a ball. Yeah. Like the way he's had to strike on both sides. You're you're yeah, a goalkeeper hasn't much hope. I, I think they've effectively outlawed scoring a goal from a 21-yard tree. Like you, you very rarely see that anymore. You don't see it anymore, sir. You can't, like... You don't. No one goes for it anymore. 
No, I love the carnage of a twenty-one yard free and the oh yeah, bringing Bob's in the forty. Lads, they're rushing in on it and yeah, hurling on left, right, and centre. Yeah, bodies flying all over the place. It's a crying shame. I don't know what like you be sitting, you be you be talking to lads in, in, in at games and, and after games and pubs and all about how can you improve hurling? Like, like, gee, like you could try and improve club games. You could, like, yeah, you, you could try and improve the schedule. Schedule is, I think, club hurling is more important. I think that's that's just to be completely left behind. And to be honest, I think refereeing, there's the standard of refereeing can be very poor. Oh, don't start being referees. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's I think that's a big thing in Wexford, yeah. Standard refereeing is brutal. Yeah, now it might be dodgy ground to go into this considering yeah. I still plan on playing a few more games. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I, I, best referee I ever played with, played under, is Dickie Murphy. Yeah. Played with common sense. Dickie laid the rule book at home. Played with common sense. Wouldn't ever, very rarely would he send the lad off unless it was something really, really bad or give a yellow card or wouldn't be dirty but like he played he, he let the game flow let it flow nothing worse than going to a game referee blows from on everything every minute half second there's a free for nothing for stupid stuff yeah and, and you, you don't like to hear like the after a game like by the letter of law the referee was right when you can I see know, what you're yeah, on, yeah. when you can see what you're on to why is that use your head here and you know a bit of discretion you, you know he didn't mean it or you know that whatever yeah, it takes away from like, you have club lads hurling all year round. They hurl for eight or nine months, slogging in the muck in the dirt and hoping to like you you have a referee having a bad day, one bad decision, you're out for championship. As a as a centre back or wherever you're playing, you just turn around to your man and shout in his face, You're useless. Is that was that a regular thing now, or what was your thought process? Mine never said that in my life. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't no. talk to Phil on the hurling field. I didn't say anything though. Jeez. I thought that'd be a five. Someone ever started to talk to me in the hurling field, I thought I'd just be thinking, this lad, this lad, he's not him at all now. I have this lad. If you start talking to you, you have him. But I wouldn't be into mountain on the hurling field. I've never. Never into sledging. I marked you once in 2010, the first year we were up after winning intermediate. And yeah, you, didn't, you didn't tell me I was useless. I, I no, think you, you, knew, you knew it, but you didn't have to tell I was, me. I was probably fucking thinking that, but I didn't know. <laughs> good enough not to tell you. I'd imagine if you said that, it, the man would have to take it as a compliment because there'd be no point in saying it to someone you're, you don't need to say it to. Nah. No. I'd never heard any sledging going on in Orla. I'm sure it goes on there now, but you used to have a few run-ins with one guy from Leisha, I didn't like him. Who was that? I won't tell you, I won't name him. Played him a few club games as well down in Wexford Park. We really didn't get on. What were the run-ins? Ah, he was just a mouthpiece. So he tried He tried to get at the sledging? Ah, he tried to, yeah, but he was a big soft chap. Just couldn't back <laughs> it up. We find out who it is. Oh, I'll find out, yeah. yeah. Willie Highland or something like that. God in one. God in one. <laughs> <laughs> Not too bad at all. If he was from uh, one of the big counties now, he'd have numerous all-stars, I think. He would, like, but 
Just, uh, you some extra weather for different counties that would have had. That's true. Like, if, if Gizzy had a hurl with Kilkenny or Key Roster had a bit for Kilkenny, how many All Irons would he have? How many All Stars would he have? That's how many All Stars? There's guys in Kilkenny with All Stars and All Ireland medals that you, you, you wouldn't even remember them, like, to have that many. Actually, they all have them up there, it means nothing. Yeah, all have them, means nothing, unless you have three or four, it means nothing. Like, so. You can live off one for 20 years. Including yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we were talking to Gizzy, he talked about, particularly pointed out when he was coming up against Martin Comfort and doing the research on how to deal with him, especially on puckouts, because he was so much taller than him and all. Would you have done any in-depth research into anyone that you were going to be coming up against Martin, or were you ever given guidelines by management of, okay, you're Martin, this, lad, and you should do this, that, or the other? Um, not really, no. I wouldn't have been particularly worried about if a lad was tall or short. If he, if he was fast, I would have worried about him a little bit. But on the other way, no, I wouldn't have been really, no. He'd often be given stuff like, he'd be given a sheet about if you're playing Galway or Tipperary or someone, you have a list of 30 lads like um, favours his right over his left. Um, maybe if he's run that, you might dummy, always shimmy the dummies to the right or dummies to the left. Little stuff like that. Like, so you, 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 you read it once by a fella. You're probably going to play on a couple of times in the next few years. You'll always know it. Yeah. And as a centre-back, would you have always tried to hold the centre-back area more? I would have always played like that, yeah. I, was always, I would have always... I'd never go back to 65. I'd always be shouting at... Like, just the club like Dave Remenoff, come back, come back. I'd always keep five in the half-back line. I would have sat back kind of close to Keith yeah. to protect them... Or if, if the ball went over my head, I would make sure I was always the first one back because the boys were under pressure just back down. They knew the half-back was coming back in to clear it up. That's the way I would have always played my whole life, so yeah, even from under edge. When Liam Dunn took over in 2012, obviously your club man, man, he wanted to make big changes to the panel and get some of the other lads out. Kind of ushering you out me, the door? No. Not all? No, not me anyway, no. I fucking hope. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he was. I don't know. I don't think so. No. Um, he wanted me to stay. I retired um, on my own terms. He wanted me to stay for another year and then go. But no, I made up my own mind and I went myself on my own terms. You, you just played one year under Don, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I did one year. I think Owen, Owen and I played another year. Owen quickly. They played one extra year. You Did you get a... I'm not sure if you're retired at this stage, but did you get your club, a club Leinster medal? Uh, yeah, I mean club Leinster medal. I wasn't playing; I was injured. Calf couldn't get it right. I ended up coming on actually in the All Ireland semi final that year again in the Beersick. Seven or eight minutes ago, normal time. I played an extra time. That was a great game, actually. Yes, yeah, probably a game we threw away. But even probably a couple of years before that, we 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 were. I'd have thought we were good enough to win all Ireland throw away probably throw away at least two Leicester, more Leicester medals definitely the one against no disrespect to Mount Leinster Rangers but what, like, why do you think why, why do you think you didn't um, win that one I, I, we played played a team from Offaly in the semi-final and that was the year I got injured again Ferns in the county final I told me calf muscle and I was trying to come I was right I, was, I couldn't play that game I was right for that game but it didn't play me we won that game up in Offaly 
and we're coming home on the bus and we heard that Mount Leinster had beaten um, Ballyboden. And my first thought was, this is not good because maybe we won't, consciously, I was worried that we won't take these lads, we'll take them too lightly, take them for granted. And I think a little bit of that saying, going up to that game, that these lads are from Carlow, won the intermediate year before, who were they? Like we were after playing the last three Leinster finals and losing them, or four Leinster finals, sorry, three Leinster finals. Should have won probably two of them. Probably win this one handy enough. Well, we didn't think we'd win a handy enough, but maybe lads, we didn't take them strongly enough. Looking back on that, is there is there any way to to stem that? Is there any way to like the the more you kind of say it out loud, the more of a reality it becomes. Is like don't don't take these lads for granted means that there's a reason to take them for granted, kind of. Yeah, but the problem is we probably didn't say it. We should have said it out loud. We should have came back right, lads. We don't take these lads for granted just because they're from Carlo. Like they. they they were a good hurling team. They got to the Ireland final that year. You know, they've had some good teams along the way. They bet Ballyboden just before they played Jews. Ballyboden was, they were favourites that year for Leinster. You know, so, look, it was, it was, it was tough to take, but it was, no, it was no worse than the rest of them, losing the rest of the other four. Like, when I look, when I look at the, the games, like in 2011, you beat James Stevens, didn't win us. 2012, you beat Ballyhale, didn't yeah. win us. And then 2013, you beat Clara and didn't win it. It's nuts to think you beat the Kilkenny champions three years in a row and, and don't win it. Yeah, we, yeah, I know. But maybe when we... It's hard to know. We never thought after beat Kilkenny champions that we were... Yeah, we have a good chance of winning this week. We never feared any Kilkenny teams. But the Offaly teams are more like the other teams. It's just like they had good horrors and they were, they were dogged. They weren't big teams, but they were dogged. Like, it was hard to shake them. Um, little things went against us. We kept reverting to type, like you know, we, we used to keep lobbing balls into the goalkeeper from 30, 40, 50 yards out. Or striking at the ball. It was the same mistakes we were making for year after year after year. Until Frank came down and kind of tweaked it a little bit and we got right. What did he do to make it different? It was Frank Flannery. Frank Flannery, yeah. Frank came down in 2015, was it? Um, I remember Barntown had beat Frank was with us in Barntown beat us in in, in Scarty in the quarter final in the club championship. And Frank was part of Martin's setup and I just knew something about him that I think this lad would be very, very good. His attitude is what we needed. We needed a strong character, likely in the dressing room, to control lads maybe or to 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 not control to motivate lads. We needed a good motivator. I ended up by gave Frank a ring so it would have been interested in the job. Then I got talking to Keith and, and, and Barry and Paul and, and, and Rory and all. I got their thoughts on it and they said, yeah, we'd be keen on getting Frank. So we met him and we got him on board with Ouderton. His attention to detail was unbelievable. Like we had a guy who just does the stats for Limerick Seniors. Jeez, I can't think of his name now. But uh, he was able to break little details down in video analysis that we... We would have looked at before, but not in as much detail with other people. And it was those little things that improved our game. And we went out and, and everything went right that year. We beat Cool in the final in Carlo, and it was just such a relief to win after five years. Where we know, because everyone was saying we're bottlers, we're this, we're that, we're the other. We were by far the best team in Wexford for 10 years. But we couldn't win a Leinster. We could get to the final, beat all the Kenny teams. 
and then go lose to them against the Rangers or, or lottery teams like and to finally win it and shut a few people up was was, was great like Strange to think that you couldn't because it was clearly some sort of I don't know most likely a psychological thing why you couldn't win it but then in Wexford there'd be games where you'd almost be beaten but you psychologically have it over the team in Wexford and you'd come up with it's at the end to win it like yeah, well, there was never that many tight games. Like we always knew, like whoever we were playing, we knew that what to do, what they tried to do, and we always knew. We we had fifteen of the best horrors in Wexford. Like you know, it's it, probably the best coming forward Wexford for the last best club forward for the last ten years is Nicky Kerman. Like you know, there's there's been no better coming forward than Nicky. You had like we had a really really strong team. There was. Could have been ten or eleven lads playing on the scene and had played in Wexford. Some lads were still playing, and other lads had played previous, and other lads were about to go on and play for Wexford. But it just um, other teams weren't trained the way we were trained. We were just on a completely different scale. We were training better than the county team at that stage of Edward. When we were trained with Liam Dunn before Liam came into Wexford, we were doing all that training that the county team should have been doing, and the preparation and all that stuff that went with. County train, we were doing that with Elders. So we were light years ahead of any club team in Wexford. Strength and conditioning, um, fitness wise, everything, hurling wise, skill wise, we had us everywhere like, with that team. Until Farns came along like, and had a couple of years and probably should have won it when we got beaten by um, the quarter final. Because they had run us to a point, I think, in the county final the previous. And maybe they got a little ahead of themselves. They got beaten by the shells in the semi-final. That's I reckon that, that probably just everything was geared up to playing Owlert again. And just yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's just unfortunate for them because like, it was a great young team. Like they had won a lot of stuff underage, and this was then they were at their peak, kind of senior. But they're coming back though. They're coming back, friends. Yeah, there's a good few young lads there. There was five on the five on the under twenty team there last year. Yeah, no, they're coming back. When you say that the setup in Owlert was better than it was in with the with the county setup, how do you deal with that when you're going county training, thinking I might be do, doing more if I was with the club here? Sure, it was, it was if I'm being honest, it was, it was tough. It was tough going. Even looking at no disrespect to any of the players, but some of the players in there wouldn't go on the Owlert team. It was tough. Like you're going out to play teams, and I don't think. I don't think I've ever went out playing Wexford um, feeling I was inferior to anyone else. And the same, Gizzy tell you the same, and Key Roster tell you the same. Like you don't go out and hurdle a fella at a county level thinking he's better than you or anyone on their team is better than you. But at that stage, playing with Wexford, like you were looking around the dressing room and lads would be before and without. And we lost to Limerick in, I can't remember what year it was, down below in Limerick. We got a good beating in the, in the playoffs or the qualifiers. And I came in after the match, and I remember there was nine lads gone. Wash, showered, and gone home with no one went back on the bus. Like, bus was quarter full, maybe going home back to Wexford. That's how bad things were. Like, this is under Colin Bonner. It was under Colin Bonner, yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Colin's fault either. Like, he was struggling to find um, pitches and stuff, and and players as well. The players weren't there. Like, just was nothing coming through from underage to step up to it. Did you ever think that setup is not good enough? Lads are motivated. Why am I doing it? Like, 
Oh, yeah, I thought oh, why am I doing it, but yeah, it's not to play with your county, like, you know, it's, it's in you. It's just, and being from Ireland, especially, like, you know, it's, all we do is hard, we don't just know football. Yeah, it's not to put on that extra jersey, like, it's a great post putting on that extra jersey. How hard was it then when you called it a day? Was it just the body wasn't going to be able for it anymore? I don't know, I just, um, to be honest, I thought there was probably younger lads coming along there. I always thought, about a year or two before I gave up away, so like, I, Seeing Paul Morrison all and, and there was a few other young fellas there coming out, Matthew Hanlon and, and, and a few of these lads. I, I always thought that if they if if they believe more in themselves, they would be better. Like um they probably didn't think they were as good as what they actually were. And until they got the right manager to actually get it out of them. Which you see it there now, like Paul Morrison's playing brilliant now. Yeah. Because he's one of the key men, like you know, he's most he's probably most intelligent forward playing with extra demand, the little runs he makes and the scores he sets up for lads. I thought maybe that it was time for me to step away and just let these lads like find their feet for a few years and then just just kick on. Like I just thought it was the right time to go. I could have played for another couple of years if I hadn't wanted easy, yeah, but I didn't see the point. Kind of similar to what Adrian Fenlon had told us. He was saying that if he kept on, he's only keeping some of these younger lads. It's time for them to be coming up. I thought the same. I see there's a good crowd of young lads coming up there. I thought maybe they're probably used to playing with each other. Just, just, just let him out. Just, just let someone slip in there, like, and just give them, let them find them their feet and kick on. I know. I think my thoughts would be more. There's good young lads there now, and I get more excitement about playing with them. Yeah, <laughs> they get there though. You'd be hoping that'd be happening quick, but like, I didn't see it happening quick. Like you know, it's, it's actually yeah. taken a few years like, to get to that Leinster final since I retired. Did work have make have uh, any impact on the decision? Work, no. These articles are all, all lies that, that I found about you then. <laughs> yeah. There's another one about you were going to go to London. I had often to go to London go work. I could have worked, could have went to Austria, could have went to America if I wanted to work and could have went all over. But I was working at home and that was kind of work quieting down a bit and I ended up working in a, in a pharmaceutical factory for five years after retiring. Like, Would you have stayed mainly for the hurling? Yeah, yeah. Not the same when I was on when I was younger, like not trying to pursue the soccer. Yeah, because I wanted to play hurling with Wexford since I was a chap and older. Like that's all I wanted to do was play with Wexford, play hurl, 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 hurl. There was no other sport to compare to it for me. When did you finish up with Ellert? Um, after the Piercing game. That was my last. And I just I, I I couldn't get me my leg right, my calf and all. I kept tearing, kept going. No matter what kind of treatment, how long I left it, so I was getting really disillusioned, and I was probably getting narky in the hurling field with myself. Like I wasn't doing the lads any good. Yeah, and it was it was cold turkey retirement. It was no dropping down a level or anything. No, no. Although I was I was I was, I was back this year and doing my training with a joiner till oh God, everything got stopped. I was looking forward to get back and playing a few games. Yeah. Late hold up. You were captain of the team, the under 21 team in 02. Yeah. 21, was it? Centre back? I ended up playing full forward that game. Full forward? Yeah, I ended up playing, I think, the seven dock would end up in the full forward line. Dublin absolutely um, gave us a lesson that day in Port Region on how we beat them. Yourself and Doc in the full forward line. Doc ended up in the full forward line or up there. I don't know what we were doing up there. 
at one stage, second half. And all quickly is playing. He's Kizzy playing. Kizzy got to play as well. Yeah. It was a game we shouldn't have won. And it was ideally have enough to receive the cup after, and it was embarrassing being up there receiving the cup because I knew geez, we shouldn't have been up here at all. Like, Jesus. <laughs> things happen, like, you know. It's yeah. those victories you you lose enough that yeah, yeah should have won. So. You win the final like that, you'd be hoping you'd be playing a little bit better though. Yeah. Maybe I'd play shy as well like that. That's probably something to do with this, I think. So your biggest honour with Wexford, the captain and a team to an answer title and you're embarrassed doing it. I'm embarrassed going up and getting the up afterwards, yeah, I was. I genuinely was like, that's just looking down at these doublets and they're standing down on how in the name of James we lose this game. Because the guy who was actually hurled on that day, he, um, I think he, ended up, he actually tragically died Shortly after that game, he drowned. Mm. I think over in Galway or, or in Dublin or something. Um, Brian Barry or something was named. Actually, the Dublin captain, I think. Because yeah, I remember his relation uh, got my number and rank because it was the last jersey he had. That I, I had actually. You had the jersey. I had the jersey, yeah. So I sent it back. Up. So that's what he had. Is that the sour note now? Jesus. Yeah, look, it's just, it, it put a lot of things into that. Like he was playing the Leicester final there on a Wednesday evening. And I'm not sure how long after, but um, he, he passed away. He, he, he died. He, he was a swimming accident or something. You captain Wexford then in or what year? I know, first Colin Bonner's first year or second year or something, yeah. What about being captain? Like, you never. No, no. No. Just no interest. No, sure. What what difference is it like? It's no, it's more hard than any league. You go talk to media, and I didn't like any of that stuff. Like, just wanted to go and do my own thing and concentrate on my own thing. Yeah, going to do media stuff and go here, there, and everywhere with people and wasn't really into that stuff. Why were you in around in around the dressing room? Did you act differently? No, then? It was always really quiet. I wouldn't have been done to get up and make speeches and all like this, shouting roared lads. I wouldn't have been I just um concentrated on myself. I said if I don't know how to feel, maybe lads will follow, but I wouldn't have been a big one for I just wanted to just stay calm in the dressing room and just get my own task out of myself. I used to kind of go away to the corner of my own. Where would the decision have come from? Would it have been Colin Bonner making the decision or would Owlert have put you forward? No, Owlert never knew that. No, Colin probably himself, I think. I think he was captain before me. I think I remember they just changed her own. I don't know how he just he could have kept it. Didn't really it doesn't make a difference anyway who's captain of a team. You don't think it matters at all in the team? I don't think so, no. As long as you have leaders. As long as you have the right type of leaders. When I first started off like um in two thousand and one, um you had characters like he had you had Larry O there. I remember I remember starting my first games in Cork in, in Belfast, as I told you, and I was sitting I was nervous. Sitting in there, you'd Larry O'Garman, Shawnee Flo, the Hindu Fennel, Lean Don, and Paul Codd, Darren, Paul Finn. These lads are all after winning all early medals. And I was afraid in my life I was going to let them all down, play really bad, and never play for Wexford again. Mm-hmm. I was nervous, in the fairness, every one of them came over, sat down, and told me, like, if, if this, this happens, just don't worry about next ball, next ball, next ball. And they were brilliant, like, absolutely brilliant. They were all leaders and as they retired, no one really took that mantle to be a leader. Maybe I should have a bit more. Like, Gizzy would have been a good man. Gizzy loves talking, as you know, like, 
fucking hard to show him up times. <laughs> he would have been good. Keith would have been a good man in the dressing room as well, like, and um, a few other lads, but... When, On quickly? No, Owen would have been quite enough. Quieter? Well, enough, yeah. Good man on the field, like, you know, good man to have around John Hardenfield in the field. He would have been, that's the way he led, like, you know, out on the field. After you retired, did you go into any kind of coaching or training or? No, I was never interested in that. I went to this um, all gate two years ago when they were after coming up from intermediate for a year. And I suppose the biggest challenge was keeping them up senior for the year because they had a great underage coming through. Yeah. And they won their first four games. And lost their next two games and went out the championship. Um, they lost to Ratnor the last game and lost to Gory in the semi or quarter final. I, I, it was a great experience for me now just to see how, just to try my own little things like MJ Rick was the manager, but I kind of got to run the thing. Done a bit of training here and there and just to see how it got on. And a great bunch of lads. And the following year, then I just said, no, I, I went back to Eldred. I was asked would they go back as the part of the management team without And for me, you can't turn down your own. Women asked you don't turn down. These lads are very hard with these lads. And they asked, so we went back and didn't make it out of the group. Um, all Gage should have got to the county final. <laughs> and I was thinking, why the fuck didn't I stay with them for the year? Eh? <laughs> and I just, last year then, I didn't go anyone. I just, I just, took a break out like I'd like to do something again now along that along that line there yeah is the motivation kind of gone an outlet or what why is lads it old. lads get old conveyor belt's not coming through like that team I played on we've been winning since we were uh, INT INT or mini sevens we've won all them all along two, three, four, five years in a row under 12s under 14, 16 minor 21 senior 10 county finals in a row in senior like the ones we lost we threw away except one of the Martins and I laid us in 2008 you know but they used to win one every nine years they were kind of an enigma you know I have to tell Gizzy that like and, and, and the boys down there uh, some of them work with a, a guy from the Martins every now and again so, like why does he only win one every nine years like they had a great team down there like but they could only manage to win one more themselves to win one we only had Hurling, there's no football, hurl, 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 hurl. I, 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 I can see where the Martins and Barnton and all shells find it tough to try to cope with a senior hurling team, a senior football team. Where we just, it's hurling training all the time. We're playing challenge games and hurling where they're trying to football train or trying to play a football challenge game. And the lads who don't play football are at home doing nothing. So we had, but look, we were for, for a long time. We we had that team coming up along underage. We won everything, like, and that's where it stemmed from. Same as Ferns in in those years where they nearly cost. Like that was an underage team that came up together, and probably should have beaten us. Maybe or came close. Should should have probably maybe beaten us in, in, in that final. But just the underage structure we had was good, and we were developed the right way, brought up along, and. Plus, we were starting off with a team with Liam Dunn, Martin Story, Paul Finn. All these lads were still hurling, like, you know, the experience they gave us 2004 and five and seven. We just took that with us. We just carried on and they retired. Is it mainly down to the structures? Or is there a good bit of luck involved too with the players coming through? Coming through. Um, 
I don't think it was luck. I think maybe luck that it's, it's hard to know. Um, when I was in national school, we had Breed of Flood and Breed of Jacob. And we were encouraged to bring our hurls to school every day. Mexford at the time used to send out coach, GA coaches once a week. And we loved it. But they, those two teachers used to take us down to the hurdle feeling. Self, Michael Jacob, uh, Paul Roster, um, the younger lads then came along a few years later, Paul Roach, Keith, Des Rory, Stephen Doyle, all these lads. And me, Jacob was training us from the time we were 10 years old, two or three nights a week. When me could arrive at train, there could be 20 young lads waiting on hurling balls like. Because at the time, we might not have had a hurling ball between us. He used to come in with a big bag of hurling balls. We trained for two hours, twice a week down there. Like It stemmed from that. I think it's because of that training we got, that underage, and that winning mentality that they instilled in us. Like It was never about just competing. It was about winning. And we were winning, and that just stayed with us for the rest of our life, like our hurling careers. Winning, winning, winning. It was all about winning, like... I saw a thing on Mick Jacob and it was either Rory or young Mick that was talking, but it was even after they had won something that was grand, but now what you you have to win it again. Yeah, we like, that was the thing. I got to a stage and I wouldn't win the county final. Yeah, that was our goal was to win the county final. But we knew if we hurled we'd win the county final. And that's not been arrogant about we were by far the better team best team in Wexford for a long time and it was, it was trying to win Leinster like, get County out of the way and then move on to what we really wanted like it was always about yeah, winning County final grand talk no more about that on to the next one Was there too much pressure then on, on it going for the Leinster those years the fact that you, you didn't have any pressure in Wexford because you knew yourselves you well, had the hurlers to win it even if you went behind in a game you know that you just produced 10 minutes of hurling at the end and you'll come back and win the game. I don't know if it was pressure. Maybe it was pressure after losing a few. Maybe after losing the third one, there's a bit of pressure and like people start to talk. You, you might start to doubt yourself a little bit. But that goes like, you know, speaking like we won, we won, the, we won in 2015 and then we didn't win any after. Like, speaking, we didn't win. We should have won more. We, we did underachieve. There's no point saying we didn't. We did underachieve. Like, I felt I didn't achieve without it with the club. Time should have at least had another two Leicester finals, and I thought we're always good enough to go along and compete with any other team. We played challenge games against the best teams in Ireland, and always like came out on top of most of like most of the challenge games. So, if we could have got over Leicester, we'd be, I would have backed myself like to maybe make one club all Ireland. Could it have been that the competition wasn't there in Wexford? It surely wasn't there. Like he's he's weren't tested enough. No, no. And then you're going into Leinster campaigns. Yeah. When you're when you're just not used to playing a better standard of team. No, sure. Challenge games would have been better than the county games. You're going. You're going to play the likes of um, the best teams in Limerick, Galway, Tip, down Ballygunner, and play all these teams two or three times every year. Like. At the end of the day, you're not going to get the same from a challenge game as you. If you come up against them in a in a proper championship game, no, but like that's the thing though. Like the, the club games in Wexford were so poor that you had to play these games. It wasn't going to be um, championship tempo. Like but like the challenge games we played now were they were 
some savvy tournament, like there was there was nothing soft about him. Like everything, everyone's going one hundred percent. When he came back to Wexford, like we knew, if we heard we'd, we'd we would win. Do you think your dominance in Wexford or the lack of competition was kind of a reason also behind Wexford's poor form during those years that the championship wasn't competitive enough? Yeah, but whose fault is that? Wasn't our fault though. Couldn't have been your fault. We weren't team trained as hard as no one trained harder than us. We knew what teams were doing. We knew what other lads were doing. We knew what the county players in the other teams were doing. They just weren't trained as hard as us. Yeah, and you look at it now and the senior championship I don't think has ever been more competitive. Even the intermediate championship is extremely yeah, competitive. It's just massive competitive there now in all grades. When you look back at when you came in winning a couple of under 21s and second we're competing in minor and Wexford in an All-Ireland semi-final that year and they were an All-Ireland semi-final in 03 and 04 again and then when you left say 2012 Wexford had only I think an All-Ireland semi-final in 07 I think and things would start to get big beatings like how do you look back at your own career thinking of where say relatively good times when you started and then towards the end or say as bad as as bad as Wexford have been how would you feel about that? Um, yeah it's, it's tough but sure it's like the first three years I was there were were great years like and then as I said things gradually got worse to a point where we couldn't probably no one really wanted to manage us the lean came in and I don't think the county board backed them enough at the start. Like Liam knew that our um, strength and conditioning needed to be, we were years behind everyone else at this stage. And he worked on that for years. And there were some games were competitive, other games there weren't. The time he was over them. Um, I think when Davy came in, that's just after Liam had finished. I think if Liam hadn't done the physical work that he'd done for two or three years that he was there previous, I don't think Davy would have been as successful as he is now because he would have had to do that work that hadn't been done, which Liam had already done. Sorry. I don't think Liam got the credit he deserved. He had most of those lads and he was unlucky with a lot of injuries that he couldn't pick his best 15 team. Um, for most of his games, yeah, it probably, it's probably not the worst time in Wexford Hurling. Like, that's what I said to you about um, down in Limerick coming in after a game. Um, fucking half the lads are gone, going home, doing even 15 on the bus, including management. Should there not have been, uh, now I would think you come home on the bus with us unless you have serious reason. Yeah, it should have been, yeah, absolutely. That was always the, the case, but it just. I remember, um, I remember when Gizzy left the county panel. I rang him and said, "Will he change his mind?" He came back and said, "No, things are he thinks that things are not right there. Things are not going to change." And he went and he was right going because I knew things weren't right there either. Like, and it was just a pity. Like the hurlers weren't there either. Like you had Gizzy slogged through it. Um, Keith Roster was there in the tough times and they just kept doing his best slogging through it all quickly. Rory Jacob, a couple of other lads there, like and I was there and it was tough going out when you knew there was other lads, as I said, like they were just beat before they go out. That because I don't know why like, just everything was um 
like it was everything was poor just from from the county bar down everything was run poor it was very 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 um substandard and it was demoralizing like one on two um, do you think as well as uh, physically do you think we were at that time kind of tactically behind as well oh ferocious yeah yeah we were behind in everything like, we were fucking years behind in everything just on, on, on the tactics like look, I just remember looking back on some of the games through the period and it just looked like get it and hit it mm. Was there game plans? Did, did, did any right. of the managers bring any new game plans or was running? No, not, not in my time, no. And you would have had it at Eulert, I assume, because I've seen oh, you yeah. play and the like, the way Eulert used to play back when they were winning all the county finals, was it's, it's kind of similar kind of passing game maybe to Cork or even Wexford now at the moment where yeah. It's not just get the ball and hit it into the forwards and over the best. And I suppose Eulert had got smaller, some smaller forwards that that wouldn't have worked very well anyway. But when you look at the way that Des Maiden and uh, Stephen Doyle used to link up, Rory yeah. Jacob, Nicky Kerwin, yeah, and Garrett, not I know there was, yes, look, how could you do that time like us? Like, I was playing with no tactics, there was nothing like that. With Eulert either, like, no, get the ball no. in. Just, just keep the ball, play a low ball, low fast ball to the, the forwards. That was, that was it. Keep, keep everything spread and run at them. But I remember being in the hill one day. Wexford played. God, I can't remember who they played, but uh, it was 06 or 07. But so it was either Seamus Murphy or Myler. But <clears throat> Mossy Mann was playing corner forward, and he was out in front every single time. And every time the ball went in, they put the ball in over his head behind him. And I just remember thinking, surely if you're going to put the ball in behind him, he should know that. Yeah. It was there, was no, there, was, there was none of that. Like, there was no tactics. There was none, none of that stuff. Like, maybe other county teams were probably doing it, but we, were, we weren't. Like, Do you think you'd enjoy playing under Davey? Um, I think so, yeah. I think so. I'd love to be in there now getting the... I'd love to be in there probably being looked after the way these guys have been looked after. You know, they want for nothing. You know, they think everything to do... When they go out on the field as well, they know exactly what they have to do. They know their job. They know how to, if, if something happens to plant for it, you know, that you never... Like, it's P last year again, temporarily. The last 15 minutes, that's what happened. You know, poke out strategy kind of let us down, poking high balls down there, half back line day, just just to just keep it, bring it forward and shoot from distance. But um, yeah, I'd love to be there now with Davy. He's the kind of fella now that get me going, similar to kind of lean, like, you know, he'd motivate lads. Yeah, it's something at the moment, like Wexford, Wexford Hurling, we're not, we're not reacting anymore. We're not behind anymore. If anything, we're, we're nearly ahead and you have other teams trying to react to what Wexford are doing. Yes, it's you see the confidence these boys are after getting in the last couple of years. You know, they go hurling for you now, they're looking around, they're not in fear, like they're not afraid of anyone, they don't fear hurling anyone. They know if they bring their A game, they can beat anyone in Ireland. And they proved that last year, they just got unlucky in the semi final. I was looking forward to this year. I think I, I just said at the start here, like I think Wexford and Limerick, if they don't meet this year, have a really good chance of getting to the final. 
especially Limerick after last year. Like they were my tip to play one bad game, like one bad half last year. One bad half. One bad half and a dodgy linesman. Oh, God, yeah. 65, like, you know, should have been the last stroke of the game, so it would have went to a replay. We were excited about this year too, so we started a podcast. Just a few of this year. I don't think this year will go ahead either, though. Doesn't look like it. No, probably not. Who was the toughest player you've ever marked? Martin Story. And that's county club. He just used to give me a lesson down the field. It wasn't only me and either. He used to give us all a lesson down the field. I used to talk, it was pretty handy in the air under a high ball. Save Keaton and Paul Roach. And Martin was just on a different level. Just he was hurling now still like in his prime. He'd be fucking he'd be unbelievable. He yeah. was toughest, toughest by by a distance, believe it or not now. And he would have been later on in his best years would have been before I played senior with him. So I can imagine what he was like when he was twenty five, six years old. Yeah. I marked him when he was probably about 40, 42. <laughs> Interme- he was playing intermediate with Outlet against us up in our pitch, yeah. Yeah. and I d- I couldn't believe how how short he was. Like he's not he's not very short, but he he was shorter yeah. than me. After shrinking with age or something, <laughs> four inches taller than me. Now he's three inches smarter than he was. He's so smart. came down on us, and I was thinking I surely have a decent chance of getting this, and yeah. pushed up the helmet down over my eyes, yeah. up on my back, grabbed it, and I did it. He did it twice. He'd stand like. Usually, if a back, if, if I was going to pitch a ball, I stand behind the forward and you catch it over his head. Martin used to stand beside you and you all stood on the right side. The ball was coming down, Martin's elbow goes straight into your neck, completely blind. You catch the ball and he'd be gone. Every time you'd be expecting it, and then you said, Right, you stand back and you'd have fly, waste your time. <laughs> waste your time. He actually said, he said that on, uh, I think it was the GA or they're, they're reminiscing on the 96. All Ireland, and he was saying he loved when a player stood back to pull because if they, yeah. if they were pulling, he knew that he knew where the hurdle was going to be, and he was going to get there first. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. He was. He was something else. He was. A, he was. A, he was a brilliant hurler. So, what do you do against him? What, what can you do? What do you do? Yeah. I don't know. Martin was in his prime. There was very few lads out in Ireland. He looked back in his career, like I watched um, Locker Gale the other day, like he, when he was in his prime, he used to love hurling Brian Whelan. Brian Whelan didn't like hurling on him at all. Couldn't hurl on him. This man hurled Millennium on the Millennium team. Like, people thought Martin was soft. Like, story wasn't soft. He's probably one of the toughest hurlers to hurl on. Like, he could hit him all day and he just, just keep going, keep going, keep going. Who's the best hurler you've ever played with? Probably story again, is it? No, Martin was coming to the end of his days, and I was hurling with him. I like got one game with him in 2001 at Wexford, and a few games, a few years older. And best hurler I played with probably Keith Roster. So I played with Keith all up along a few years younger than me. Like played with him, he was also back and I was centre back, and played with him at Wexford as well. I have to say, Keith gives you know, and Keith would have been, yeah, would have been ahead of the line. Uh, it was nice that you mentioned Gizzy there after he he mentioned you as the toughest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what kind of hurling do you use? Randall. A lot of a lot of that era now use Randalls. Yeah. Very popular. Yeah. Would you still use Randall? Yeah. Yeah. Don't break as easy. If you were to uh, pick a player to go to war with or to go into battle with, who would it be? 
afraid to go to war in the morning. County? Either, Clubber County. Clubber County. Ah, there'd be a few, there'd be a few lads on a, on a par. Like, you'd have to name um, Darren Ryan and Paul Cod. Thanks very much. No problem. Pleasure. Uh, cheers, Darren. Lovely. Thanks, boys. Thank you. Take care. Have a good one. Good so that was our podcast with Darren Stamp. Hope you all enjoyed it. His love of the game is really something special. And he's been a great servant to Wexford. Unfortunately, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it. As he had a falling out with his mosaic instructor. So hopefully that all works out. We'll be back soon with another great guest. In the meantime, if everyone could like, share, retweet, tell your friends, get in contact with us, that'd be great. Thanks for listening. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through taking pain. Hello, Wexford!